Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support. Welcome back to Handbook for Humanity once again. Uh, as always, well, not always, because I had missed a couple episodes, and y'all feel in so fantastically. <laughs> uh, so Colby Allen, and also joining me in the studio, again, is Miss Adele, Becky, and Tom, man on the street. So good to see you again. Hey, yes. everybody. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> good to be back. Awesome. And today we have another super special guest. Um, the episodes prior to this, you may recall, we spoke with Miss Brandy Bellard, who is a practicing nurse, and we spoke a lot about um, fertility awareness and her role as a educator for young people and, and young couples who are preparing for marriage. Several times she mentioned uh, NAPRO practitioners. And so we thought it actually be fantastic to have someone as a guest who is a NAPRO practitioner. And that is Dr. Susan Caldwell, who will be joining us today. Um, so, Dr. Caldwell, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It is wonderful to be here with you all today. Thank you for inviting me. Fantastic. And so, um, how about we take a minute, if you want to introduce yourself and kind of let our listeners uh, get to know you just a little bit. Yeah, thank you. Um, I am a mother of three young adult children or young adult adults um, and they are a, a great joy. Um, I am a practicing uh, f- uh, doctor of primary care. Um, so I did a specialty in internal medicine which is which means doctor for adults and pediatrics, so doctor for children um, in my earliest training um, and then kind of veered towards women's health. Um, I am a uh, medical consultant for NAPRA Technology, as you mentioned, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more. I practice in New Orleans. I live in Thibodeau. It's a little strange, um, but it's, it's where God has me now, and it's been a joy, and I'm so just, just thrilled to work in this area of women's health. And there's a connection that we all have, Susan. I don't know if you realize this, but um, but we um, we all have studied at the Theology of the Body Institute, except for oh, Tom, yes. man on the street. But we're going to get him there. We'll there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so yeah, so it's it's nice to be able to have another person who has experienced that as part of the conversation. Um, just that common. Yeah, ground. it's a huge yeah. huge part of mm-hmm. my my journey. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. actually want to ask, so we probably will get into the topic of bioethics today. Did you take the course with Dr. John Haas? No. no. Okay. I did. Not yet. Yeah, yeah okay. I took that one. I don't know oh, if he's, he still teaches yeah. it. Um, no, he doesn't teach it anymore. Okay. But um, but there is another good professor. I forget his name right now, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this topic is it's very intriguing, and I'll even say that throughout all the courses that I know I've done, that was probably one of the more conversational. Yes, Yes. So you were at that course. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good course. I remember there were several moments, like even students who were like religion teachers and people who actually are in theology, there were several conversations he posed that were like pretty challenging. Yes. Yes, they were. 
Um, so Dr. Caldwell, we're so grateful that you're here uh, mm-hmm. to be able to share your experience again as a practitioner and someone who, who works in this field um, to share your wisdom and knowledge with us and our listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so how about, let's see, on your website, we'll just kind of jump into one of our first questions. On your website, you have the invitation to talk about, say, birth control and IVF. Um, and I guess that's just in a public setting, so anybody that wants to speak to you. And we thought that that's pretty relevant topics in the terms of bioethics. Um, mm. And so how about we uh, kind of jump into that just a little bit. So why do you have, I guess, just an invitation for people to reach out to you and have this conversation? Hmm. Because, man, it is a rough world out there for women and couples who are um, trying to figure out, you know, how to live out this call to um, to love and to be loved and then to have children, especially when there's issues. And, um, and we've just gone so far off the path in our medical technologies that we think we can just do anything um, to, with any, you know, the, we don't even know what the, what the ends are anymore of, of these things. We just think, okay, at all costs, we need to, you know, make ourselves happy and to have babies or to do what we want. And we've just gotten so far off course um, that we just need places to learn. Um, and in my own, my own journey has been from, a, I've learned the hard way, you know, Mm-hmm. So, you know, from that, I just want to show people, you know, maybe, maybe just to, you know, we just, we need, we need places to learn, you know, and to talk about these things. So that's why I'm so glad that y'all are doing this, this show. Uh, Susan, something that kept coming to me as I studied my, my theology, um, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Um, It's Hosea 4, 6. And it just, you know, it was rang within me. My people perish for lack of knowledge. And, you know, what you just said is it just um, reinforces. Uh, no, it doesn't reinforce it. It confirms what uh, what we all know is that there's a dearth of knowledge out there about what the truth is. And we yeah. uh, that's why we exist as Theology of the Body Community of Acadiana. It's where the educational outreach of, you know, the Pro-Life Center here, Desormo Foundation, who is, you know, primarily a crisis pregnancy center. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, thank you for um, thank you for saying that because it's the truth. And there's so many people, once they know the truth, they desire to carry it out. You know, they just didn't know. They didn't know. And that's why, you know, we no condemning, no judgment, no anything. Just let us help you to understand the yeah. truth for, the, for your own benefit and for your family. Right. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Right. That's actually a great, I guess, segue into, we'll just ask you, because um, Adele, I think, posed a really great kind of point that the work that we try to do here with the Desormo Foundation and also probably the work you do as a practitioner and working with women in health, very common goals and very common missions to help people learn these truths. How about we take mm-hmm. a second to just ask, how did you get into this work? Like, what's your life history? How did you kind of get into this place? Oh, gosh, that's a that's a fun question. Um, so, so, so a lot of pain, actually. <laughs> oh, the, the, isn't that always like, mm. uh, you know, often the way the Lord works is he finds us, you know, when we've reached the end of ourselves and says, hey, you know, um, come, you know, <laughs> yes. come to me. So, I, you know, I just 
did the best I could to kind of figure out, you know, how to, um, how to be happy. You know, I was young when I got married at 22 and, you know, I was, I knew I was, I was headed for, um, you know, a, a at some education, finally realized it was to medical school and took the birth control pill um, to avoid pregnancy. Um, and it was just a great, to me, like it made sense, right? I had terrible cramps and, um, you know, for, for, it just worked for a number of, of, of reasons. And so I took it for a long time, got through med school and then decided, okay, it's time for children. Um, after 10 years of uh, birth control. And so like so many women, and I'm sure we'll get to this later, but realized that my reproductive system that I had been suppressing um, by the, using the pill for 10 years didn't work. And so um, a friend of mine recommended IVF um, clinic, the IVF clinic. So they, you know, through a very, um, uh, they did a little evaluation of me and, um, then next thing you know, I was, I was at the, I was at the IVF process, and IVF um, was the way that we conceived our children. It was a terrible experience, um, physically especially, of course emotionally, but I didn't really realize that at the time. Um, and I suffered, got very sick through the treatment. We had at least fifteen plus embryos that were lost in the process. Mm. My 18-year-old daughter was frozen for four years as an embryo. Um, then fast forward, I mean, it's just a, you know, a lot of stuff there, a lot yeah. of heavy stuff. But yeah. um, mm -hmm. fast forward five years after she was, you know, she was five years old by this time. The, my boys were um, nine, I guess. And I was practicing primary care. I had everything that I had ever dreamed of, right? So I had all of the... I had my children, I had marriage, I had a beautiful house, I had vacations and everything I could want. And I felt like I had nothing. I was so empty inside. Um, I started, as a lifelong Catholic, reached out um, to God in whatever way I could and, and just said, hey, I, I, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. I feel terrible. Anyway, found a mom's prayer group in 2010 um, in that prayer group, heard about what the church taught about marriage and sexuality um, and about this thing called NAPRO technology, short for natural procreative technology. And it is a way that um, really the, the church offers to people who are suffering and anything has to do with women's health, like, you know, painful periods and cysts and postpartum depression and infertility and all the things, right? There's, we didn't, don't have to go, have recourse to the pill and IVF. And so I learned about this through the Pope Paul VI Institute. I ended up, you know, studying there at the same time I was studying at the um, TOB Institute, Theology Body Institute, and it just all came together. You know, um, I started to integrate it into my practice in 2013. Um, and anyway, uh, and it's and it's been beautiful. And I have learned a lot. There's been just a lot of, I'm just going to say the process of redemption, you know, mm. just just feeling that in my body, yeah. in the, my family and and being able to offer that to women who have been so traumatized mm -hmm. 
by what the medical you know establishment offers them it's life-giving it is life-giving it is miraculous and praise jesus yeah yeah wow thank you Mm -hmm. um just trying to reflect on several things that you shared it's pretty heavy Mm-hmm. but also a testament to the grace of God and how through all that he, he called you and you were open to, to hear that call and, and use, as you shared some of that pain, some of that, that trauma for trying to bring back, you know, glory to him and, and bring others to, to share from what you've learned so that they may not have to go through that same pain or help them navigate yeah. it if they are going through it. Yeah. Um, the, uh, this kind of makes me think also of our conversation last week with Brandy about how, you know, like as a practitioner, you probably encounter people so often that you said are just kind of in the, the trappings of that either industry or what other doctors or professionals have done. And to try to help have that conversation um, itself, I can imagine is challenging if one, they've never heard the message that you want to share before. Um, how, I guess I would ask people that maybe you do work with when you do start sharing some of these things, are they open oftentimes or is it extremely challenging or what's that conversation normally look like you know it's so individual Mm. every woman um, has their own story I have um, yeah yeah I wish it was more (laughs) I wish it was more like cookie cutter sometimes but you know like all of us we're all individual but um, it's amazing to me um, those women who have been through so for example recently we had somebody who had failed IVF three times um, and came into our clinic and we got her uh, connected to a fertility care practitioner who is the one who helps them chart their cycles and so that's a kind of a rigorous discipline that they start to pay attention to their body for the first time rather than just offer their body to a doctor to manipulate Mm -hmm. um and that is that for this particular woman you know i thought like oh man she's gonna love this it's so different and she hated it she was not ready for it she was very immature you know I mean, I, I remember, you know, myself going from birth control to um, to a fertility awareness, right, where you've ignored your body for so long, neglected it, um, and, and just s- suppressed it, to now you're having to look at it mm-hmm. and look at all of the, you know, signs that things are not healthy. So there's, a, there's just a, a gamut of, of different um, the reactions that women can have. Yeah. And I've had to learn in my own you know, it's really helped me to, because I have reactions to all these things, right? Because I've been through so many of it, so many things. And so I have to just be patient and just wait for whatever is going to come up from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And and just be, re- I just, and I learn something new every day about, about how women uh, deal with these, these challenges. So, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, this is just up to this time. I don't even know, Tom, how many minutes we got into here. 14 minutes. 14 <laughs> minutes. And uh, golly, this is uh, this is so informative. And you really, I can tell, you're pulling from, you know, deep within inside of you. Uh, but the Lord has, you know, obviously uh, chiseled you into this mm. particular um, uh, person 
with the skills and and so forth that you do have that you will um, do everything for your patients um, and and because you've been there done that yourself you and you can empathize so much it's um, it's a brilliant combo um, that you know who would have who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought except mm-hmm. God that he you know each step he guided you along the way to get you prepared to do exactly what it is that he wants you doing mm-hmm. and, and there's no question about you you're doing what he wants you to do right now. Thank you so much for, for being available. I do know um, that it was very informative or, or, or revealing to me. My husband was practicing to read the Bible. We had this this deal where the Bible is read. It's called a Bible marathon. Anyway, uh, we read the whole Bible, you know, for the Michael Champagne. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so my husband was assigned um, – Exodus, I believe it's 30 or 31, the very first couple of verses in that. And uh, God's telling um, Moses how he wants the tabernacle built, you know, with the gold and all Mm -hmm. that. And so anyway, he says, um, God says to Moses, go call, let's say, Susan and Becky, okay, uh, to do Mm -hmm. the gold work because I have endowed them with the skill Wow. And they will mm-hmm. do it for my glory. Oh, that's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. So every time, you know, I'm feeling like, okay, I don't have enough here. I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. good enough or whatever. No, no, no. No, no. He, when he picks somebody, he already mm-hmm. knew from the foundation of the world before that. Anyway, all eternity, yeah. that he was going to infuse us, who, whatever, whatever he calls us to do, yeah. with the yeah. skill, with the skill. And he already knows our hearts. And we will do it. He knows it. Yes. For mm-hmm. his glory, because that's that's how he made us. And when we mm-hmm. respond and we say yes, that's why obedience is so, so, so important. Thank mm. you for sharing. Yes. Yeah, and for mm. your obedience. <laughs> and, yeah, and so obedience. much. Um, thank you so much yeah. for speaking up. Because one of the things that really jumped out at me in the beginning when you mentioned that, um, you know, people in search of um, having a baby at all costs, at all costs. Mm. and and so science, uh, in, in the sense of, of medicine, steps into the place there and says we have a solution. And then what you're bringing to uh, to us today uh, is that also the church has a solution, and that there's there's options here for people to do things, and there's some things that are definitely um, better connected, better for you. Um, in so many ways. So, so thank you so much for speaking mm-hmm. out uh, in that in that effort. Yeah, mm. yeah, Susan. Yeah. I feel like as um, science uh, is catching up with truth, and there's more awareness that's going out into the culture. Um, do you find that that um, that there is more of you know the awakening and more speaking mm-hmm. about this in the medical profession about the harms? Um, of these synthetic hormones and the different ways yeah. that we've approached fertility. Yeah. I mean, I, I think even in the secular yeah. world, um, there are many people who are speaking out mm-hmm. um, with different documentaries um, mm-hmm. and ju- people who are in more of the functional medicine or, yeah. or natural medicine space are, you know, touting the dangers and the harms you know how what birth control is doing to our our rivers and our you know all the, mm-hmm. the ecological yeah. effects and there's definitely more of a yeah at, 
Uh huh. That's more of an understanding that maybe it's not such a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For us, that's hopeful. Mm-hmm. It's hopeful, yeah. and then you you are standing in the gap in that place, um, and being able to then speak about it from the depths of how it affects the individual in in the interior life in relationships when people are ready to hear that, um, which brings it to a whole nother level. Right. Um, which is a gift. So, yeah, that's right. I mean, there are people who come into my office who are taking birth control for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. and it's not appropriate to even bring it up. Sure. In terms of my counseling them because they're so, staunchly in belief that mm-hmm. this is what they need to be happy and they haven't yet yes. run into a, a little hiccup with mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. they still, it's working out for them. They like it. It's, it's, it's helping enable that whatever relationship they're in. And, and so I, I can tell often, you know, just ask the Holy spirit to show me, is this somebody who needs to hear something or it, right now, do I just need to, to, to care for them in a different way. So, mm-hmm. right, it's very individual what people are ready to hear versus, you know, and some people are really desperately love to hear, wow, like this is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's a different approach. And, and so it's very, um, it's very individual. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I think, um, I recall our last episode, even with Brandy, we talked about how learning fertility awareness, you know, there are models that can be applied, but it is also personal. So there are yeah. things that are, you know, modeled or standard, but the way that fertility awareness can be learned can apply to the individual. It doesn't have to be a one size fits all. And so I could definitely right. see in your experiences as well, those conversations are very personal. <laughs> um, yes. To very level, you know, loving degrees. Um, and I guess the question I would have to, maybe kind of before I go that, something popped out to me earlier, uh, just to kind of offer you some affirmation. And I think also kind of reflect on the work that's done here at the Desormo Foundation. Um, so I asked you earlier, right, you said you lived in Thibodeau. Uh, I, I was born in Thibodeau, uh, spent a lot of my life there. So all my, my roots and my blood are there too. Um, I spent some time as a missionary for the diocese. And our hub, our mission house per se, was the office of a local parish. And our mentor throughout that process, uh, you ever look in, you see the sports teams as they, they leave the locker room, they go out into the field and there's like this phrase or some motivational thing above the door. They, uh-huh. they all slap it as they walk out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Ours was somebody had wrote above the door frame, evangelization is one beggar telling another where to find bread. Yes. Mm. That's so mm-hmm. good. Yes. So that every day mm-hmm. as we prayed and then went out to go do the work we were mm-hmm. called to do, we were reminded that as we find things that are valuable, it's not for us to keep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that the purpose is to share with others so mm-hmm. that they can also have their lives enriched. Yes. And so, right. again, as you've shared through your experiences, you know, taking that bread, that nourishment that you've received and sharing that with others when appropriate. Um, and also here at the foundation, right, those who share and, and try to minister to those to, to lift them up. Um, so an offer that, you know, it is it is doing the Lord's work in different mm-hmm. capacities Yeah. to help people find that nourishment that they're really seeking. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of yeah. the feeding of the 5,000. You know, there's too many. We can't get to all of them, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, kind of dragged me down when I was first working in Theology of the Body. And and then again, you know, Scripture, you know, he, he speaks. Uh, and it was the 5,000. And um, wh- whoever the apostle was, I forget who, Peter maybe, and said, well, but there's one guy here you know, who has some fish, you know, a couple fish, a couple breads. And uh, Jesus said, bring it here to me. 
So each of us is has been given, as I had said earlier, you know, something, mm-hmm. a piece of a piece of bread, you know, something, and and he multiplies it if we bring it to him. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And it might lead to, I guess, our next question that Becky uh, kind of already teed up, but we talk about bread and nourishment, and in many cases, your patients or people you encounter are consuming things that they think are satisfying or filling their needs, but may not be. And so when it comes to natural fertility awareness, um, I guess, what do we see are some of the the benefits that people can possibly learn or or seek out as they they seek to learn their bodies? Yeah. So fertility awareness is just another kind of form of self-awareness right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's beautiful. And it's, it's just right there, right? Because we're all called to understand ourselves and how God made us. Um, so they, so women and couples can just use these methods to just understand how they're made so that they can better appreciate God's design and cooperate with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, women, for example, are almost always infertile. Right. There's a very small window that the egg only lasts 12 to 24 hours a month. Yeah. Um, but yet, if you, you know, kind of grow up in this culture, you were to think, wow, you know, you, everybody can have a baby. It's so easy to get pregnant. You know, it, mm-hmm. so it's just to, just to know that the reality is so much different than the, the, the way the culture might have us believe. Um, and then another just just the other benefit is is just in terms of planning so planning families just understanding their bodies but you know the the for the reproductive system of a woman is very um uh, gosh it's a very good warning sign to tell her that there's something if there's if it's off it's a sign to say hey something needs attention mm-hmm. you need some care here. So the, the problem with birth, well, there's a, a lot of problems with using birth control, but what birth control does is it just says, you know, to, to the, to the part of her that's crying out for some help and care says, well, just shut up and get in that corner and, and be quiet. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of using these methods such as um, Creighton model and others to, to help the woman to, to, to meet herself, to look at herself, to see what needs tending, and for her to bring that to the attention of someone who has the um, education and the tools and the skills to help bring her back to health. Mm-hmm. So it's a totally different paradigm. Yeah. And infertility is just one warning sign that there's a problem in her in her health. And so to skip over that and go to something like in vitro fertilization is, is totally um, out of step with her dignity. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something how connected and how deeply rooted a woman's health is in her fertility? I mean, that's what I'm hearing you say, you know, that yes. that is the, that is the indicator like that. That's like the central place of like affecting so much of our mental health, our, our physical health, yes. everything else. And it really speaks to what we've been talking about um, with in the theology of the body, you know, that women are, are our bodies are made, you know, created uh, t- yes. uh, towards, um, you know, prophesying in a way uh, that we 
um, that we, uh, our bodies model that humanity has the capacity to receive um, the love of God, right? Yeah. Not just women, but that's what our bodies speak. We've said that before in previous episodes, but that that powerful gift really affects all of the other ways that a woman experiences her body and health in her body, um, mm-hmm. very particularly like in the design of God. That's really, um, it's really a beautiful thing. Coming back to like that, that um, sense of like when we talk about, um, and we'll probably talk about this more mm-hmm. in, uh, in future episodes about the feminine genius and, mm-hmm. and like that we really can be on any, any, um, any aspect of the world and, and work, but that whatever we take up, um, we really do it from the womb. Like, you know, mm. we do it from the place of our of our motherhood, recognizing what yeah. is the particular gift that we have to bring to the world in any area of work that we enter or are called to <laughs> that particular gift. But this is connected to our biology and how, you know, all of it affects so much in our bodies to be able to really make that gift. It's been something I think that we've been really um, suffering from is the disconnect you know, mm-hmm. being cut off from our constitution as women and that depth of that mystery that our fertility is very mm-hmm. much key, you know, to who we are, how we interact, and how we make a gift of ourselves and receive others um, yes. as a gift. So, yeah. Quick scripture. Um, I, I don't know the exact um, chapter and verse, but anyway, uh, we used it recently. Um, something about the Lord he carries the lambs in his bosom, leading the ewes with care. The ewes, E-W-E-S, the female sheep. Jesus is well aware of the value of the feminine, even, and I guess we could be called the sheep. He's the shepherd, right? Okay, so, but he, he leads the ewes with care. If we just let him, if we just let it, let him lead us we can be confident that he's taking care of us because he's the good shepherd yeah Mm. yes thank you so much for joining us on this episode number 25 with dr susan caldwell as we went through natural fertility awareness and her experience as a doctor we are dropping two parts to this series uh on the same day And into part number two will be a great conversation, phenomenal insights on her experience as a doctor, hormone replacement therapy, and bioethics. So immediately after this, if you want to binge, go straight into it or take a break and come back another time and join us for number 26 with Dr. Susan Caldwell. And thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we referenced and discussed in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us with a question or comment or anything you want to share, let us know. Please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Again, that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com. Please subscribe to this podcast. We're available on all major networks such as Spotify, Apple, or Google. If you have a minute, please leave a review. Honest, what you think. We definitely want to know. Share with your friends, family, anyone who is human that you think can benefit from these conversations. Handbook for Humanity is a production of the DeZormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, 
sexuality, and being a better human today, visit DeZormoFoundation.org. That's D-E-S-O-R-M-E-A-U-X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.